Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream be for those who hate you, and its interpretation for your enemies. The tree you saw, which grew and became strong so that its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens lived. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven, and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze and the tender grass of the field, and let him be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the Most High which has come upon my lord the king, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you, Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, To you is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble Let's pray. Father God, we praise you for your word. We thank you for it. Thank you for your grace and mercy and your discipline. 
We pray that you would speak to us now through your word, that it may not be merely information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts, that it may change the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. So can you imagine a politician who said just the simple thing, I made a mistake. I, it doesn't happen very often, does it? Even when everybody knows it. Politicians do not usually say, I made a mistake. They try to adjust things and frame things and make, I mean, they don't say they're making excuses, but they're making excuses, right? Or can you imagine a politician who said, you know what? I'm not that good. I haven't done very much for you. No, that's not how politicians work. Politicians try to take credit for things that they may have had just a little piece in. They go, you know, they, the senators and representatives, they go to Washington, and they t come back and talk about all these bills that they have done and all the work that they have done for these constituents. And you're kind of like, did you really do that? Or did you just contact your name on it? Right? Now, that's not, that's not really a knock on politics. That, that's, I mean, it's kind of a knock, but that's how all of them are. And we think about it, most of us really aren't that different when it comes down to it. Very few of us really like to just say, I made a mistake. I was wrong. I was selfish. And very few of us like to say, you know what? I'm not able to do very much. I haven't accomplished very much. Instead, we make excuses and we justify ourselves. And we try to play up our accomplishments and make them look a little bit better, just a little bit better. We're not, we're not lying, technically. You know, we're just making ourselves look a little bit better than we are. And in our hearts, we often think about how much we have done and sometimes how much we are better than other people. And we look down on other people. We say, you know what? I've made it. I've been successful. Why can't these other people be successful? If they would just work a little harder, if they would just be a little kinder, if they would just do this or that, they could make, us make it too. So though none of us may be kings, we may find ourselves having, sharing the same heart with Nebuchadnezzar. We do a lot of good things, a lot of right things, but in our heart we often think that we have done this. We have accomplished. We have built. And the message for Nebuchadnezzar was that he needed to be humbled. The message for us is that we too need to be humbled. The message was that God is the king over all the earth. God is the one with the everlasting kingdom, the dominion forever and ever. And then what does that mean for us? The call is that we should walk humbly before him. And actually, Nebuchadnezzar here, for all of his craziness, all of his evil in the previous chapters we've seen in Daniel, he actually, he turns out pretty well here in the end. He is truly humble, and he is giving glory and praise to God. And so the call for us this morning is, like he says, to walk humbly before God. That is what God is calling us to. And that's a nice thing that we say in church. We need to walk humbly. We don't even just say it in church. Everybody kind of says nice things about people who are humble and walk with humility and those kinds of things. But how do we actually do it? How do we walk humbly? And as we look at this, we see in Daniel 4 that the secret to walking humbly before God is not really to look at the example of Nebuchadnezzar and try to be like him. But rather, the secret of walking humbly is to not look at ourselves at all, but rather to look more at the God who Nebuchadnezzar found. 
That is the secret of walking humbly, to take our eyes off of ourselves and to put our eyes on God. And so here in Daniel chapter 4, we see three truths about God that if we embrace them will lead us to humility and a right walking before him, what he has truly called us to do. We see first that God made us in his image. We see secondly that God disciplines us for our good. And we see third that God shows mercy to us even when we rebel. He made us in his image. He disciplines us for our good. And he shows mercy even when we rebel. First, that he made us in his image. One of the things that's shocking about this passage is that the, the quick summary of this story if you see it as like, oh, the story in Daniel chapter 4, when God humbled Nebuchadnezzar. Or the story in Daniel chapter 4, when Nebuchadnezzar became a beast and ate grass for seven periods of time, however long seven periods of time is. Like, that's the story, and it's kind of, you know, you can see pictures of it, of Nebuchadnezzar in the field with his long hair and his long nails eating the grass covered with the dew. It's, it's kind of a startling story, really. But what's shocking about it is how positive this is toward Nebuchadnezzar. Did you catch all the positive things? First, you see at the beginning and the end, you see the language of dominion. This is what Nebuchadnezzar says about God. Uh, verse 3, his dominion endures from generation to generation. And then in verse 34, he says about God again, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And dominion is significant because when God made the world, when he made man and woman, he said he made them in his image and he gave them dominion over the earth, over the birds of the air and the beasts of the field and the fish of the sea. He gave them dominion. And then we see in verse 22, when Daniel is speaking to Nebuchadnezzar, your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. We see that dominion word again. So we actually see a lot of positive about Nebuchadnezzar. He is exercising dominion. God, through Nebuchadnezzar's dream and through Daniel, calls him great. He compares him to a tree that has spread out over all the earth, that is giving shade to the birds, food to the beasts, feeding the whole earth. Nebuchadnezzar here is actually reflecting the image of God. And that's the first truth to embrace about God if we want to walk humbly before him is that God has made us in his image to do great things. We are supposed to do good in all the earth. We are supposed to be great. Nebuchadnezzar is an example of exercising dominion. That part was not wrong. And we can see at the end, Nebuchadnezzar is restored to his greatness. His greatness is made even greater than before to demonstrate God's image in the world, to be a ruler over the world, to do good. The problem comes that we can't get it right because we are sinful people. The author and speaker, Francis Schaeffer, uh, a contemporary, but he's, he's dead now. He was in the late, uh, late 20th century author and speaker. Uh, Francis Schaeffer referred to people as glorious ruins. And it's a beautiful image when you imagine an old castle in Europe or something like that, something where you can see the beauty, but it's also dusty and broken down. That's what we are as we seek to reflect the image of God. We are glorious 
ruins. We are ruined by sin and selfishness, but yet we still bear the image of God and are supposed to reflect that to the world. So it is right to ask, what can we do? What has God called us to do? But it changes the question a little bit, and it does help us walk with humility when instead of saying, what do I want for myself? How much money can I make? How much pleasure can I accumulate? To say, how can I reflect God's image in the world? How can I show kindness to other people? How can I build something creatively that reflects God's creativity and beauty? So beauty is good. Creativity is good. Most jobs at their core are good jobs that are doing good for other people, offering service, offering help, reflecting the image of God. And we start by embracing that if we want to walk humbly before him. But then we have to realize that he disciplines us for our good. That as we reflect his image, we do it imperfectly, we do it wrong. And so he disciplines us. This, this is a story of discipline. Because Nebuchadnezzar was a king and a figurehead of, all, of many people, he needed strong discipline to bring him back in line. And so Nebuchadnezzar was sent off to be like a beast of the field. He was disciplined. We also face God's discipline in different ways. When bad things happen in the world, the Bible tells a complicated story. Sometimes bad things happen as the result of sin. Sometimes it's our sin. Sometimes it's other people's sin. Sometimes it happens and we're not quite sure where the sin was. It's just part of the general brokenness of the world. But we also know from the Bible that God uses these things, even if we don't, we don't necessarily want to say, oh, God did this to me or God did that to me, because we don't really know the mind of God. But we do know that God uses them to discipline us. He uses them to draw our hearts back to him. And we know that we need discipline. Every parent knows this. Even Philip and Molly with their sweet Arthur, who does nothing wrong, I'm sure. Except maybe even now they can see that Arthur has a mind of his own. And that sometimes he needs discipline to bring him back in line. And that discipline is not just for the, the calm and peace of the parents. But that discipline is for the good of the child. The discipline that says you may not stick your hand in an electrical outlet. You may not run out into the street amidst the cars. Discipline, we see, we know this with children, that discipline is for their good. It's true for adults as well. God's discipline is for our good, that we may walk humbly before him. So when we see God's commands that we do not particularly like and do not particularly follow, when we see things in our life are not working out the way that we had hoped, it is right to ask ourselves, is there something that God wants to teach me in the midst of this? To not jump too quickly to God, will you take this suffering away from me? Though that is a perfectly right and good prayer to pray. But to say, God, will you teach me in the midst of this? How can I obey you? How can I be more like you? How can I better reflect your image in the midst of this suffering that I'm experiencing? So God made Nebuchadnezzar and he made each of us in his image. He disciplines for our good. Nebuchadnezzar was restored to his kingdom. He got it all back when he submitted to the Lord's discipline. And yet, even though there is a, a strength and a harshness of discipline here, this is also a story of mercy. That God shows mercy 
even when we rebel. I mean, here, Daniel came and warned Nebuchadnezzar. He's like, hey, this is going to happen, but you know, it might change if you show a little bit more mercy to those who are oppressed and turn to righteousness instead of injustice. God might not do these things. Your kingdom might be sustained. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't do it. Instead, he's standing on the roof, looking at his great kingdom, puffing up, up himself because he wants to feel better about himself and his own glory. And then God's discipline falls, but it didn't fall right away. And in fact, even this comes after Nebuchadnezzar has already threatened to kill all of his wise men because they couldn't figure out his own dream for him. After Nebuchadnezzar has set up a massive statue in his own honor and thrown God's people into the fiery furnace, God shows mercy to him, even his rebellion. He gives him another warning in the dream, and then he gives him the discipline. And then Nebuchadnezzar repents. Did you notice that if you, if you look back in Daniel, when he hears Daniel's first interpretation of his first dream about the mighty kingdom, um, uh, kingdoms that will come, he praises the God of Daniel. When God rescues Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fire, he praises the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But he just recognizes him as this other God. But now, when Nebuchadnezzar has been humbled, he acknowledges him as the most high God. He acknowledges him as his own God. For that is the purpose of God's mercy. God shows mercy even when we rebel that we might acknowledge him. And so the, the call to us this morning is where we are turning away from God to not think, oh, I have gone so far, I cannot come back. To not try to hide and, and, and make things up and say, oh, it's not that bad. But to truly humble ourselves before God and say, yes, I repent. I come back. I return to you, God. I will praise you as the God of heaven. Because this is what Jesus came to do. In the ultimate disciplining of us, Jesus came to take that discipline on himself. Say, yes, you have strayed, you have gone afar, but I am coming back to show you the full image of God. This language of the birds of the air and the beasts of the field and the tree, those of you who are familiar with your Bibles, you may have recognized that as a parable that Jesus told about the mustard seed, about the kingdom of God. The mustard seed grows up into this great tree and gives shade to all the birds. Jesus came to show what the kingdom of God is and that it, we, in seeking to reflect God's image, bring that kingdom out throughout the earth. And he came, Jesus came to take that discipline on himself when he died on the cross. So even as we experience hardship and we look and see if this is God shaping us and changing us, we know that the ultimate discipline has fallen on Jesus. And as we put our faith in him, we can truly walk humbly before God, truly reflect his image, truly accept his discipline, and truly repent as he shows mercy to us. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love to us. We thank you even for your discipline upon us. We pray now that you would give us a greater awareness of your glory and all that you have done in our lives, that we may give praise to you and walk humbly before you all of our days. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. 
To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.